Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off today's show with all of our show notes as usual. Mm-hmm. We have our evening with medium events coming up on December 4th at the Hampton Inn by Hilton here in North Bay, Ontario. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlo.com. We're still crossing our fingers uh, that that will fly. We're just going to keep you guys posted as we know about COVID and we have been reassured as we've mentioned many times. If you do buy tickets and reserve those, you'll have a full refund if we do need to cancel. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are 10 to 15 minute short podcasts um, on emotional and spiritual and intuitive intelligence. Kelly and I work really hard trying to give you guys a toolkit to grow. The very first in the series, pardon me, the whole series of five shows airs the first week of every single month. The very first show is always available at the website by sarlo.com and it's free. And the remaining four are available at the website patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. You nailed it. Congratulations. We also wanted to take a moment just to expand on Patreon. Uh, For those of you who might still be confused as to what that is, it's a membership platform, um, as Karen had mentioned, with a bunch of different tools for emotional and spiritual intelligence. Um, And there are multiple tiers with different benefits. So if you're looking at your budget and deciding, you know, you can only afford so much a month, that's one way to do it. If you're looking at the benefits that really interest you, you can opt into the tier that fits you best. Um, And we also have a $1 tier. So if it's not something you're totally interested in, but you're like, those are really nice women doing a lot of good work and you just want to support us on a monthly basis, um, you can opt into that as well. And we we appreciate everyone at every level with whatever intention you arrive at. Uh, we do private <laughs> sessions. <laughs> We're still going back and forth here. <laughs> I forgot. I'm, so, I'm excited to get into the show. Kelly and I both have separate private practices. We do our sessions for people all over the world by Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, WhatsApp, Theralink, and telephone. The sessions are just as accurate as if you are here with us in person. Um, Where you are in the world does not matter to the relationship that we have with your spirit guides and ours. Awesome. And then we also have gift certificates available for anyone anywhere in the world. Um, As Karen just mentioned, those sessions are uh, just as accurate, just as efficient. So if you're looking to gift this to someone, you can email us Mm -hmm. and reach out for that certificate. We can send you one via um, e-certificate, I suppose, or you can Mm -hmm. do contactless pickup if you are here uh, in the local area. Mm -hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Are we good to get on? Oh, before we jump into today's show, uh-huh. I wanted to excitedly say, um, did I kick you? No, oh, my I ankle I kicked walked. you. Okay. Okay. Um, we mentioned in a previous show that we were going to have Jim Lennep's uh, yeah. His show air, I think, around November 7th. We've nixed that idea for mm-hmm. a better one. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone who had marked that in their calendars, hopefully it was a dry erase board or you have erasable pens like myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have decided, uh, because Jim actually did a series of five shows, mm-hmm. that we really wanted to honor it separately from our Coffee with the Sarlows shows that air on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it, too, for listeners who who maybe perhaps like ourselves have a really hard time listening about war and Mm. don't want that to be your Saturday morning. 
Um, but we wanted to honor them. So we're going to roll them out on Remembrance Day. Mm -hmm. So November 11th, we're going to put out all five of Jim's shows all at once. Mm -hmm. You can binge them or save them in your, your library for your, your podcasts and listen when you can. Mm -hmm. Um, they are just so fascinating, jaw dropping. I like, oh yeah, he's the perfect person to sit with. Um, to share that kind of a story. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he can be so great and factual, so witty and humorous. Mm -hmm. Um, But really what I really value is um, how relaxed and laid back he can be with such a serious topic because he makes it more comfortable and palatable for someone like myself who just wants to clench the whole time I'm listening Mm. to something about war. Um, So we're we're really excited to do that on, on Remembrance Day. With yeah. the M4 gym. It's a beautiful love story. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, people might be hearing that and thinking, oh, I, I don't know if I want to hear all about the war, but it's it's uh, Jim wanting to find out about five years of his grandfather's life that no one knows about, mm-hmm. that no one in the family talks about. And this is during the Second World War in Poland, which is right beside Germany. And what his grandpa endures and just how his grandpa is channeled, the relationship over a period of seven years of sessions mm-hmm. where Jim comes frequently and I won't say anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to add, like, it's undocumented service. Oh, so right. it's not just, yeah. you know, what was he up to in the yeah. war? It was the fact that nothing was documented, which yeah. is is wild considering how much documentation there actually is and was. Um, and you've channeled all of this missing information and he mm-hmm. has investigated every single piece of information you've offered him through channeling mm-hmm. um, to prove, disprove uh, over and over and over again mm-hmm. so that he can fill in those blanks accurately. Mm-hmm. You got it. And that's not what today's show is about. No. <laughs> so let's, uh, looking forward to hearing that. I yes. am going to be binge listening to that show mm-hmm. on November 11th. I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Um, Okay, so today's show is about a gentleman who calls in and asks for in a half hour session by telephone and just says, what can I get in a half hour? (laughs) Which I thought was cute. And I said, "Um, do you want to direct it? And he goes, no, I'm going to go with what you call your open session. And I'm going to listen and I'm going to write notes and I have a little recorder on my table. And he says, I'm just here to listen for today. If I want to interject, I will. If I want to take control, I feel comfortable with it. He's familiar with the podcast shows and he's, he's been listening. So he gets, you know, a little bit like, anyway, it's just. Yeah, he sounds prepared. Oh, he's he's so prepared for life. (laughs) So anyway, so we started the session and I started getting ringing in my ears. Mm -hmm. And so that grabs your attention. So I'm like, um. Okay. Oh, Kelly, what do you want to name him? I, I've been, I've been <laughs> trying to listen and also pick a name. I think I'm going to go with Eric. Okay. So, and you can put a bingo chip down on a Gray's name because that is McSteamy's actor name. Oh, Eric Dane. Yes. Okay. Of all the things you retain in that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm proud, proud moment. <laughs> okay. So, um, I got the ringing in the ears, and then, oh, I got a number of things that happened at, in, in that moment. I had, and I wrote them all down. 
I felt off balance, then it kind of passed. And then it felt like the wall was moving towards me. And then it, 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 it's like it comes towards me really fast and then it stops. And then I have, right after that, I have another sensation of like somebody's blown me back. Like I'm being blown backwards in time, but I don't know how to explain this. So I feel like I'm being blown back in time. And all of this happens in under 30 seconds, really quickly. And so I said, Eric, I said, I have to write some things down and I'll be back, back to you. And he goes, you just do what you need to do. So I literally made this list of these things that occurred. And then the guides said to me, okay, um, he has all of these things that have happened that we just gave to you. And I'm like, oh, this is his shit, not mine. And they're like, yes, because I'm familiar with all of that. Mm -hmm. That's all normal shit to me. <laughs> Sounds like vertigo with a spiritual twist. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yes. A anyone listening to this that's in medical will, go, will start diagnosing it, <laughs> I'm sure. And the guys are like, you know all of these symptoms, you know what they are, and and no, the people sitting down diagnosing this are all wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> like this, because he's already been to a doctor, and it's not diagnosable, you know what this is. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then I got my poop in a group, and I said, Eric, I said, I have a list of things, and it's medical intuitive Kinda, but kinda not. And he goes, okay, fire away, Karen. And I gave him the list and he goes, yes. And I said, but I'm being told that you've already sought medical help for this to a good degree, like a, a medical practitioner, your GP. And I said, but you've also been sent to specialists for your ears, your eye, ear, nose, and throat. I'm so glad that I picked Eric then. Yeah. He's the ENT. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. And um, like, just like he's had a CAT scan, he's had a variety of things done and everything comes up that he's very healthy. Good news. And he goes, that's right. He says, I'm very healthy. And, but I am experiencing all of that and I have no answers. And I said, well, I said, um, you've got more symptoms and they're all going to play into one answer. And he goes, well, that's fine. He goes, that's what I'm here for. So just continue. So then I said, um, and this occurs for you, these set of symptoms, whether you're at home, in a bank, um, out for a walk, um, like it, it anywhere. I said, it, it doesn't matter. Like you have figured out because, you know, the doctors have asked you, does this happen when you're stressed? Does this happen when you're like, you know, they're doing their jobs. They're doing uh, good jobs. And he says, um, that's correct. They, I have been asked all those things and I have been charting like where it occurs and how long. He said, I'm trying to, you know, pay attention to be a good patient. And he says, um, there, it's random. <laughs> He goes, we've just chalked it all up to being random. And I said, well, I said, you're also experiencing things with your vision. And he goes, well, yes, you just described the wall stuff. And I said, no, I said, you're, you're um, going to bed at night. And I said, when you close your eyes, you're seeing faces. And they're not always nice looking faces. Some of them are scary looking. And, and he goes, yeah. And he goes, that's connected? 
And I said, it is. I said, I'm going to continue. He goes, well, okay. He goes, I didn't put that down on my chart for the doctors. He goes, I didn't walk in and tell my specialist I was seeing faces when I closed my eyes at night. Should yeah, with I? good reason. <laughs> he says, should I have told them that? I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I said, we're going to discuss that. This is the right place. <laughs> he goes, well, I think I'm, I'm catching on to you now. <laughs> So I said, I'm going to go through like more of the symptoms. He goes, well, this will be fun. He goes, because I've had quite a few. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear what you're throwing in the same mix. And he says, I think I know where you're going with it. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So I said, you see faces when you close your eyes. And I said, and you see colors now. And you didn't used to. And you didn't even used to see all of this stuff. This has all just been happening recently. Yes. And I said, there's also things like seeing sparkles in your bedroom, like when you go to bed at night. And I said, and he goes, yes. And, and I said, I'm yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Zip it. None of that. <laughs> we just had a good chuckle. And he goes, you're going to tell me. And I said, that's right. I said, you're not going to tell me anything. I want to see what kind of percentage accuracy I have here. <laughs> and I said, um, There are sparkles when you open your eyes and sparkles when you close your eyes. And they don't go away. And sometimes they do. So that's random too. And yet sometimes there's tremendous consistency that you can open and close them. So the consistency is there. But another night, it's different. And he goes, yes, what are all those sparkles? Ah, we will get to that. And I said, so some of the other things are that you you would start to know if your wife needed something, you would just pick it up and walk into the bedroom with it. And he went, what? He says, do you know? And I said, well, I know that your wife is dead. And he goes, yes. He goes, so you're talking about when my wife was alive. And I said, well, yes, because you took care of her. She says you were her caregiver. And I said, she says it was probably like, I think something short of 18 months. It was over a year, less than Yeah, I'll say less than 18 months. And I said, during that period of time that you were caregiving, I said, more and more of these gifts got worse. So you thought you were getting sick as you were caring for her. Did you just say these gifts got worse? Oh, these gifts got (laughs) better. I'm not sure what kind of slip that was. (laughs) Stronger. I I want to say like Andrew when he was a kid, I'm the strong one. <laughs> um, they got stronger. They got more prevalent. They lasted longer. But I said, he goes, go back to what you're talking about with my wife. He says, this is so true. And I said, well, I said, you just started doing more things as she became nonverbal. And he goes, you know, she's nonverbal. And I said, well, she became nonverbal. I said, like, she was totally fine and, and healthy and functioning. And he goes, well, do you know what it was? I said, well, as far as I could tell, it was like a dementia. But I'm not a doctor diagnosing. It appears like a dementia of some sort. And I said, where her words end up being part words, part garble. And I said, and then she just garbles them. I don't know the proper term for all of this. Um professionally. And I said, and then she becomes nonverbal altogether. And then she becomes like in a coma. And I said, and you're caring for her right to the end of life in your home with home care coming in all the time helping. He Mm -hmm. goes, yes. 
And I said, and your family, like there's tons of support for her and you. He said, yep, that's correct. And I said, but you got really good at just sort of knowing. He goes, I just thought that was being married for a long time. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Don't we all wish? Yeah. He goes, I just thought, you know, like I loved her. I, we loved each other. He says, I just thought, you know, when you, when you, two people love each other, you know what each other thinks. Mm-hmm. You, you just meet each other's needs and it's just done out of generosity. It's just done out of kindness. It's reciprocal. It's, it's, it's just like a relationship, Karen. And I said, in a healthy relationship, sir, it is. And I said, but not a lot of people know that because there are not a lot of healthy relationships, unfortunately. And I said, but yours goes like to the degree where you know, like if her if her feet are cold, you'll be in the kitchen making a stew and all of a sudden you'll go in and cover her feet. And he goes, well, yes, I did do those things. Aww. He says, but I just I just assumed that I was just thinking of her. He said, are you affirming for me that her feet were cold? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh. And you could just hear like this, just this little moment of, oh, I think I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. Oh, like that just, it just touched his heart, you know? And I said, and there were times when you just, you know, something was obvious. Maybe her nails were long, so you knew it was time to call to have someone do her nails. Well, that's because you observed it. So let's just say you had, you had good observation skills. And he goes, yes. He but that's, says, that's how you build your intuition. That's it. <laughs> Kelly skipped ahead. <laughs> you did. But you did beautifully. And so he's getting to hear from his wife, who's crossed over, how beautifully her illness, oh, this is just heartbreaking, mm-hmm. how beautifully her illness moved them into a different level of love. And it moved them into a different level of care, of connection of purpose. And so many people don't understand purpose if it isn't tied into what is my job. And his purpose was to let his true self come through in his relationship. And part of the reason is that her illness allows it, invites it. And some people might think demanded it. And others would have ignored all of it and allowed healthcare workers to think that's their job. And he did not. He did not see that. He saw it in the way that, no, the healthcare workers rely on me. I am her voice. I am the one that knows her the best. I've been with her 30 years. They've known her for six months, one year you know, 17 months, whatever, they don't know her as well as I do. They rely on what I know about her. But she's changing every day. And that's what the disease was showing. I love that line. They rely on what I know of her. And she is changing every day. And he goes, well, yes, because we change every day of our lives. The disease wasn't the only thing that ever changed her. 
we changed constantly. Sometimes we went through periods where she didn't like coffee, and then she liked coffee, and then she didn't like coffee anymore. And he says, you know, sometimes she liked one kind of tea, or I was trying tea because she liked it, and I wanted to have a tea with her, and I didn't like it, and then I ended up liking it more than her, and I had more tea. He says, we just allowed each other to change. Mm -hmm. And he says, and we just respected that, hey, you're changing. That's good. Not... Who are you? What I said that to you on the walk. I don't know you. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and being angry or mm-hmm. I don't I don't controlling. Yes. Or saying you don't drink that. Coffee's not good for you. You'll drink the tea. Or you can't have that beer and taking it. There there was no saying who you can be mm-hmm. or can't be and erasing each other. There's another great way to word it. They mm-hmm. didn't erase each other. Um they allowed each other to be present, and they liked it. They mm-hmm. wanted to see how each other was going to change. They thought that that was exciting and fun, and what you know, oh, I wonder how she's going to change today. I wonder if she wants that chai tea or the cinnamon. I better better not assume. I, I should ask because maybe I'll put squash in a Thai recipe. <laughs> yes, exactly. All these beautiful things, and then I'll share that with her workers. Mm-hmm. And so, because they created. So much of this curiosity and willingness to change, when she develops dementia, he goes, okay. And they sit down and she goes, so I'm going to change a lot. And he goes, yes, but we're used to change. And she goes, but not like what we're, what's ahead for us. And he said, well, we've been through quite a lot of change. I think we can manage it. And so when, when these little intuitiveness things come along, they're quite used to them. Mm-hmm. They're, they, and they enjoy their intuition during their marriage. They don't see it as a female thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't see it as if he's logical or if he's skeptical that he's just being a man. He and he and we had quite the conversation when his session was over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so every, stay tuned because everyone's going to hear his session and our conversation. Cool. So then he, the other things that came through for him um, was that he was really encouraged by himself first to feel his emotions in his relationship and be able to say them to her, and be able to say, "Well, I'm irritated by that." And then she would say, oh, what about it irritated you? I, I didn't mean for that to irritate you. I just wanted to try something that was different. And he'd go, oh, I don't know why that irritated me then. Oh, because you thought you knew me. Does it scare you to think you don't know me? And he would go, yes, it scares me. And she'd go, well, could we change that to being curious instead of scared? And he would go, I like that. And she would go, well, then be curious instead of scared, and we'll get through it. Mm-hmm. So they had beautiful ways of being able to see a problem or a challenge or a change and be able to recognize that and then be able to go, okay, so what do we do with this? But they looked at it as, what do we do with this individually? Mm-hmm. And then how does that play out as a couple, as opposed to, how do, we, how do we manage this so that our couplehood stays together, even if we have to erase ourselves? And they decided, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't see it as his responsibility to take care of things, or she didn't see it as 
female to take care of certain other things. So they created quite the relationship. Hmm. So then if I go back to some of the other symptoms, um, he was dreaming of her since she passed, and they were very normal dreams. He didn't dream of her being a mean person when she wasn't a mean person. He like they it, she was true to her character. Okay, that's the best way I'm going to word that. And I said, so you've been dreaming about her. And I wouldn't call those normal dreams. I call them fortunate. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to call them healthy dreams. Mm. Because they are his visitations with her since mm-hmm. she's passed. And I said, you actually get to visit with her. And he said, could you describe it a bit? And I said, yes. She actually shows up and you know she's dead. And he goes, yeah. And I said, and she tells you things like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And I like it here. And I know you're doing well. And they actually have a visit with a level of awareness that she's passed. And when he wakes up, I said, when you wake up, you're happy. He goes, I am. And he remembers. Yeah. Oh. But he didn't remember at the, like, he didn't remember his dreams earlier in their marriage. It was something they worked on in their marriage. Cool. Where he, like, and I have to tell you something, Kelly. We had a little bit to do with it. Oh. Because they would listen to the shows and they would hear things when we talked in the shows about when I said one day something about how when you guys were kids, Mm -hmm. our regular conversation in the mornings were, what did you dream last night? How did you sleep? And so he and his wife went, oh, and now we understand why. If you had a bad night sleeping, then you may need different things today. Mm -hmm. I won't expect you to get everything done. Or, or I'll check in with you, mm-hmm. or maybe I will help you more where you don't need to be, you don't need to ask me, or I'll ask you if you want help because I know you're fatigued today, or I know that you had bad dreams and you feel scared today. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I've had, I walked in and said, like, okay, I dreamt that you died last night. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, what do you need today? Like, yeah. how do I show up for you? Yeah. Oh, and I know that that means that when I leave the door, I might say, I love you. Or, well, I do anyway, but... I'll call you. I'll, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or just something a little extra just for that particular day. I don't mm-hmm. mean for good. It's just because maybe you need just a little more reassurance for the next hour or so. Mm-hmm. So this is this is their relationship. And he says, you know, you, you have a lot of my symptoms. Bang on. Are you going to tell me now? <laughs> And I said, well, I said, you're what we would call awakening. I said, you're, you're waking up. You're using the four quadrants of the brain, of the soul. And he went, okay, I really like that. He goes, can you explain the four quadrants of the brain? And I said, well, yeah. I said, because you, you know, it's not really a quadrant. I said, it's energy. We're energy. But I said, if you want to look at it in the sense of that we have physical emotional, mental, all like all of the different aspects of ourself. Intuitiveness is part of who we are as a species called the human race, humanity. And he said, oh, I understand what you're saying then. And I said, um, you used it in your job, but you just thought it was part of the job. And he goes, yeah. So in his job, Kelly, um, he was a police officer. 
And so he moved, oh my God. <laughs> he moved into being a detective at some points where he, he knew that being logical, having process, um, uncovering, make it have, you have to have evidence, you have to have certain things. But then I also have to pay attention and I have to trust my gut. I have to trust my intuition. I have to follow what I, even if, even if everything else is over here, if my intuition says this, I still have to, I still want to follow that. He also taught other students. He taught other police officers at the academy and he said it was important um, in his teachings to make sure that they got all their facts in teaching, but that they also had to learn that you you did have to trust your gut, mm-hmm. and um, that 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 was just as important and could save your life. So I asked him if that was all true, and he said that was correct about the career part as well. And then his wife says to me um, after he validated that, his wife says, "I'm I'm proud of his process." She said because the of the process that he went through in the career. In particular, she said the career that he picked was what initiated him to get in touch with his intuition. Interesting. Yeah. And then to come back home and to share that with her, to say, hey, uh, I followed my gut today and I got it right. Um, I thought this was going to happen and it did. Or I thought this person was lying and they were. It took three months to figure out they lied, but guess what? They did. And so it became quite fun for him to be able to come home and tell her the stories that he liked to share with her about him growing his own intuitiveness mm-hmm. and how grateful she was that when she's going through this difficult part at the end of her life uh, with dementia and then passing away, that he relies on that intuition with her. To be able to take care of her and to trust his intuition to know what her needs are when she can't communicate them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's that she is speaking but isn't saying the right things, garbled and then fully nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And she says, I just can't thank him enough for him being him instead of trying to fit into a mold of what other people thought a man was or a police officer was, or a sergeant was, or whatever, a husband, whatever. Like, they, he just didn't. It, it, none of that bothered him. He was just going to get through life with as many tools as possible. And, it, and he would say, and to keep me alive. Well, I want to add, too, if, if someone needs it spelled out for you today, like to know himself, tools to know himself. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, this is a, a career that's largely under fire right now and for good mm. reasons. So, you know, the, the whole debate about following your gut and, I mean, there's, there's other things going on, obviously, but you have to know what you feel first. You have to know the minute changes in your emotions yeah. and your mental state yeah. to then be able to actually know whether or not you're following your gut or your ego. Yeah. Or your fear. And, and as you're seeing, yes, which is also a part of our ego, a healthy component sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we don't know what we feel, then we can't properly assess whether this fear is an imminent threat or this fear is a threat to our ego. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, 
Yeah, I just think that's important for people to understand because this there is room that there's a necessity for intuition in this particular career, mm-hmm. but something else has to come. Like it, it has to be built healthily to know yourself first. Mm-hmm. And I think it, like it was beautiful. Okay, so thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I want to getting ahead of myself here. So she came through to thank him to validate his growth to validate how it affected his career and his success, how all of that affected their marriage and her quality of life mm-hmm. and her quality of her process in in leaving Earth. And she, I don't know, it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was just so lovely. And that all of that had to do with the fact that there was so much more to this intuition and all of these beautiful gifts. And that now... They're all opening up because she's crossed over and he has more desire to connect. My wife has passed. Is she in the house? Is that gray blob her? Is And so he's more curious about mm. it. And so then the session ended with him just saying, uh, you know, he was super happy to hear from her, um, to, you know, to get such validations about caring for her and his intuition, his purpose. And he goes, purpose. He goes, okay. And this is where we kind of segued out because the, from it being in the session to the conversation afterwards. Purpose. And he goes, so when the, we were all over, I wanted to ask him some questions about doing this as a show. And he said, um, well, I was, you know, I was hoping to find out what my life purpose is. And I said, because this was over. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, didn't you understand that the life purpose wasn't just to be a police officer? That's your job is one of your purposes, but that your intuition is a part of who you are. And that segues or marries or matches beautifully the career that you picked. But in reality, that's the truth for every single human being. Mm-hmm. Yours was just supposed to really give you a hell of a lot more opportunities than the average person (laughs) because of that type of career and validations. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, he says, that's pretty fun. He liked that. He goes, that's lots to think about. And then I said to him, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Because I wanted to ask about this. He goes, you know, Karen, he says, "When when I really think about it, he says, Like, my wife and I would always have conversations around religion versus this intuition versus science versus agnostic of not believing in anything. He goes, and so, he says, I was raised, sorry, I have sniffles today. Um, Are you talking to me or he had sniffles? No, I did. (laughs) I'm blinking because I hairsprayed my eye. (laughs) (laughs) So we're both struggling. Allergies are my right eye is like sticking under the lid, (laughs) and I thought people were gonna email at the end of the session and say, What was Karen on? (laughs) She she on some kind of drugs with all that sniffing, (laughs) but my allergies are just going (laughs) anyway. There again, um, anyway. He said, you know, he said, we had a lot of conversations around the idea of religions. And he said, Here, here's the long and the short of it for me, Karen. He said, it's all men. He said, every single person that I can think of that created a religion, 
If you go back to who created it, Martin Luther, so-and-so, Lutheran, all these different religions, they're all men. And he said, and if you go back to a lot of the stories that are within the religions, it's Jesus, it's Buddha, they're men. And he said, um, they want the control, they want to tell the story their way. Their stories don't often include very much about women. Unless it's to kind of guide you and put you into a place. Oh, yes. Mary serves. Mary Magdalene serves. They serve. Like he says, you know, he says, we just, my wife and I looked at that because we were both raised in religions, and we just made a really conscious choice that mm, it's all directed by men for men. It excludes women, and I'm married to a woman. So what would I be doing in that if I'm going to choose to spend my life with one? Mm-hmm. And he said, so we just decided that we were going to step outside of that and that we were just going to figure out ways to respect each other. And hopefully that's not a religion, but it's a way of living a life. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is a religion, right? Religion, if you do something religiously, it's a routine. Right. And and that's why people can, you know, will say, love is my religion. Kindness is my religion. Yes. Parker doesn't do religion. <laughs> I wrote down something that he said. I just absolutely loved it. He said, men wrote the rules in these religions. They write the rules in society. And he says, and we are the ones typically in the past to enforce them. And he said, but we never used our intuition. We never connected to the women. We didn't ask them for their opinion. We didn't ask them for what they know. So he says, I just wanted to be in my own home where that is the place that I wanted to know what she thought and what came from her and what came from all aspects of me, not just the aspects that were supposed to be manly. Hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. So I, I asked him, I said, Jesus, I said, I'd just absolutely love to do a show um, on how you word things and how you see things, the relationship with your wife, the relationship he had with his career, with with mentoring other people as um, an officer who was teaching the ones mm-hmm. that were entering it, and how he saw that as, we have to make some changes so that all of the ones coming in are going to use their intuition. It's who they are. You can't leave that part out of them. But I don't just want them... And I thought this was cute. I don't just want them to think that their intuition is something they put on like their gun holster and Mm. their gun and their notepad and their badge, but that when you take all of that off, you go home um, with your intuition and you use it in your marriage to make you a better husband. Mm -hmm. You use it with your children to be a better dad. You use it with your sisters and your brothers that, you know, if I'm at home and all of a sudden I think of my sister, and I but I don't know why, oh, who the hell cares if I don't know why? I pick mm-hmm. up the phone, I call my sister, and I go, hey, what do you need? And yeah. and I said, you say, what do you need? And he goes, yeah, that was what I did. He goes, I just pick up the phone and go, hey, what do you need? <laughs> and and if they said, you know, well, you called, <laughs> what do you need? Mm-hmm. And he'd go, no, no, I was thinking about you. So is there something that you need? Like, what's on your mind? He goes, so I started, you know, I'd figure out how to ask different questions then. If it wasn't, what do you need? What's on your mind? Mm-hmm. He go. I'd ask them something, and and his family loved his questions. He goes. So then I started taking all those questions that they liked, and I would teach it at school. 
He says, and but then he says, I also use them with my partner. He says, because Karen, I learned that if I didn't have a good partnership at home, I wasn't any good to anybody at work. I wasn't good to my siblings. I wasn't good for the kids. He goes, if I wasn't right within myself first, and I said, oh, I like that. Then where are you going with that? He goes, well, then it's reflected in my relationship with my partner. Mm. I should be able to look at that relationship and see who I am reflected back. And if it's healthy, I'm okay to go to work. And if it isn't, I better sit down and talk to my wife. I'll be late, guys. Uh, I'm women. I'll be late. I'll be five minutes late coming in. <laughs> but I got a, we- a meeting with my wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he said, it was, it was my barometer. And I thought, wow, imagine referring to your partnership as your barometer Mm -hmm. of your integrity, of how you're doing in your own life purpose. And it's just a barometer to reflect it back. He's talking about that he had to figure it out within. Mm -hmm. He's not talking codependence. Well, and he's also not married to a narcissist. So people pleasers who are listening and recovering... You can't take this literally if you're still married to a narcissist. That is not a barometer. Well, it is a barometer of different sorts. Yes. (laughs) About you still being there. Yes. Yeah. I, um, as you know, with coaching, I do not take on every client who applies um, and does an assessment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I fire clients if they're, you know, under certain certain circumstances. Here comes Parker. Um, I did an assessment with a woman who was very, very aggressive in um, wanting to steer the conversation and wanting to Mm -hmm. tell me what I I needed to do and how to do my job. And I just thought, like, why why did you call? And uh, at at the end of it, she said to me, I'm just here for career. I need career coaching. I need help with this. Mm -hmm. And I I want to know how to – it was very much about abundance and all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. right? How can I get what I want? Exactly. (laughs) And And, you know, I went through my spiel. Knowing roughly which direction this was going to go, but I still went through my spiel, giving her the benefit of the doubt that, you know, she may hear something and go, oh, okay, I need to commit to this. And she very firmly just said, like, I will not be discussing my marriage in coaching. I will not be discussing anything home-related in a coaching program. I'm here for career and career alone. And he said, well, then I won't be taking you on as a client. Mm -hmm. And she, she was, again, very aggressive in her needing an explanation. And I said, you can't separate the two. Mm. You, if you're here telling me that your career is in shambles mm. and you're self-employed oh. and you're unwilling to look at and examine your relationships, mm. then you're really not here to do the work for proper mm. abundance, true abundance. <laughs> you're here to ask, how can I make more money? And that's not the job that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And she just was not having that. Mm-hmm. But you can't separate them. Like you, like you said, it is a barometer for where you're at. Yeah. And there are programs out there that are geared for more money. Yes, absolutely. And I'm just saying that's not my qualification. Yeah. Yeah. I um, thought it was a worthy story. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, there, I did, there were so many little bits and pieces in here that were so beautiful. And his... After conversation, which is not normal to have an after conversation because you're going to, to the very next client, but I, I wanted consent to you share his story. Mm-hmm. And so our after conversation ended up being just about as long as his session. Neat. And it was a beautiful conversation to have and to listen to. There were lots of little stories that he said, oh, you said this correctly in the session. Oh, you gave this validation. But I didn't think 
this show today was to prove I'm a medium. Mm-hmm. It that, that wasn't my point, was to be able to say, this gentleman was just looking for proof that his wife is here and proof that we can do this. No, it's about the importance of intuition. Yeah. I, I think it's really ironic yeah. that we have not named his wife, and we're talking about the importance of oh, women. What do you want to name her? Well, actually, then I kind of well, I was flip-flopping as you were talking, because I'm thinking, of course, we don't have a name for the woman, and here's one of the key components of this message. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, maybe it's great that we don't, because if people are listening and there is no name, perhaps you can fill in the blank with a woman in your life who is your person. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the relationship you've committed to because you're married to that woman, mm-hmm. and that's how you want to go, okay, that's my anchor, that's my barometer, Mm -hmm. that's where my work needs to be, Mm -hmm. Um, then insert your own name. And if you don't have that woman in your Mm -hmm. life, can you be her? Mm -hmm. Regardless, be her. (laughs) As you would say, do better. (laughs) Yes, I do say that a lot. (laughs) You do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's it for today. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Mm Mm-hmm. Eric is a lovely man. Yes. He and his partner have a lot to share with people. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at bysarlo.com. Please take some time today if you uh, are feeling generous to like, share, comment, review, subscribe, um, or write a testimonial if you feel so inclined. We very much appreciate any way that you choose to interact with the content. If you're looking for early access to Coffee with the Sarlos, that's available on Thursdays by audio at patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. Um, And we do encourage you to check those out. If something hit a chord with you today about intuition, Patreon is where you need to be anyway. Um, And we always say if you have questions about that, you can email us at info at by Sarlo.com. We'll walk you through the whole thing. Um, Otherwise, if you're just here for a good story, we hope you enjoyed and that you have a beautiful weekend.